Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cat oh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Brad. Welcome back to the Mighty Pike. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy you here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. And we're back. Hey, welcome back to another segment of Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Pal and Finn Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dustin Nichols, back with you again for another episode. Oh, not too much going on. I mean, just, <laughs> I don't know, same old, same old, on the water. <laughs> um, definitely uh, redfish are, are really really picking up here in my area um you know we've had some some recent rains to help out we've had quite the dry spell going on but had some recent rains uh kind of cooled the water temps down everything got the fish uh moving a little bit more than what they had been you know it's had been a really early bite um you know get on the water before sunrise and then you know within two hours you, you want to be off the water it's it been like brutal <laughs> brutally hot but yeah uh plenty of water time lately um stoked for uh the fall season to be coming up um if we can just get through this dang hurricane season without without taking a blow <laughs> it'd be good to go so with that that's enough of that little just talk of what's going on 
got a good show tonight. Um, got a dude from Northeast Florida. You know, my old stomping grounds. Grew up over there. Uh, fish, uh, fish some a lot of areas down that way. Uh, when I lived over there in uh, St. Simon's Island in Brunswick, Georgia, uh, the Southeast is, is is close to my heart. So I'm I'm stoked to have another Duval angler on here. We got a uh, Sandy Stark on here tonight. We're gonna bring him in. All right, what's going on, Sandy? Hey, Dustin, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, doing good. Excited to talk 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 some fish stories with you. <laughs> Sounds good. You said Duval just right, too. Duval. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn dirty Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Duval. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, over that way. I kind of I moved moved away from Jacksonville as I, um, you know, entered my teenage years. But uh, I remember a place called uh, Camp Alamacani. You remember that? Uh-huh. Place? Oh, yeah. Right there on the pass by the, the by the jetties. The Jetties. Yeah. Right by the Fort George area. Fort right. George. Yeah. Inlet. Comes Still popular. Where, where the where the ferry comes across and you can get dumped over there. There's a really good seafood place there across on the Mayport side. I can't remember the name yeah. of it. Yeah. Their fried shrimp is just piled high and it's pretty dang tasty. But yeah, I remember it's... Camp Ala Makani. I remember I was like 10 years old. My dad ran the sound for a band called Harley Hoof. Okay. And they were playing at Camp <laughs> Alamacani. And I remember sneaking that old champagne of beer and having me take me a swig out that old Miller High Life when I was like 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember they had some of the best um, clam chowder that I've ever had there at Camp Alamacani. Yeah. That's, yep. a, that's a great fishing area too. Oh, I imagine. I bet it could be. You know, back in the day, you know, running back and forth to the, you know, the jetties there, you could drive on the beach and drive up. But coming across all those bridges, there was always people lined up, you know. And I was a little prankster when I was younger. So I was like, man, just think if we were like driving and I had a cane pull and I was smacking everybody. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> smacking everybody's rod is ripped by. I was, I, was, I was a little prankster when I was younger, but I always used to think, man, how funny would that be? Just sitting there and just. Because they were like lined up, like just stacked in there. But uh, yeah, man, I, I I love that area over there. We have plenty of good fisheries all north and south of there too. All, all over, yeah, all down towards Palm Coast, St. Augustine, Palm, all that down there. Yeah, very good right. stuff. Variety. You've got everything from rocks and docks to oyster beds to flats. You name it. You name it, it's there. Backwaters, all that good stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some good tidal backwaters. You can get down in there, man. There's some there's some good stuff down there. We got one of our our Jackson uh, guys, Bart Swab, uh, guides down there out of St. Oh Augustine. yeah. Yep. He's a good dude. Yeah, I run into him quite often. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, he's oh he's all he's all over the place over there, man. Thanks. So yeah, we gonna we gonna talk some good stuff here. What um give everybody a you know, little backstory on yourself, you know, born and raised, you know, Jacksonville, you move away or do anything else. Let, let everybody know what you, how you got into fishing, what led you into that plastic boat, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Yeah. So I started fishing at a young age and I, I can thank my dad for that. Um, I was talking to my older brother. I have an older brother and a younger sister 
And we estimated that my dad took my brother and I fishing about 40 weeks or 40 weekends a year, you know, typically a Saturday, but about 40 out of 52, he, he, for, he didn't do as much with guys his age because he wanted to do stuff with us. So we went hunting and fishing a lot. Uh, and he, he took us around to, uh, all the freshwater lakes that you and I were talking about earlier. So we really, we started off primarily bass fishing and we were hitting Orange Lake and Loch Lusa, yeah. Santa Fe, Crescent, the St. John's River, et cetera. But he, at the time when we first started fishing as a family, we had a John boat. So he would, we would drop the John boat in the intercoastal. We'd, we like Matanzas uh, area a lot. Did, did everything from back then we weren't using artificial as much we would uh typically troll bucket uh bucktail jigs and uh fish with live shrimp yeah but uh we we, we did that back in the day too you know uh coming out of uh fishing cumberland uh christmas creek area with uh -huh. the big stick floats and the pin number nines and 209s and then I got tired of throwing them. So I would bring my bass rods out there and throw artificials and whoop up on my uncles and them, you know, cause I was just like, nah, I'm not having all this big old rod with this Dacron and the line dressing and all this mess, you know, back in the day, that's how, that's how the old timers did it though. You know? Oh yeah. It was like crazy. <laughs> you think about what our equipment we have now to what they had back then. Just, uh, I know. Uh, yeah. Uh. So yeah. So you same, same rite of passage. You come up, you know, fishing with your dad and everything and, and then you just such a great area over there anyways, just, just with all the water you have and the lakes nearby with the St. John's and all the, just su such good stuff over there. So you came up through, I mean, 40 weekends out of the year. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's a lot of time on the water. So you got to hone your craft at an early age. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I have to admit though, I was the one that they had to pry out of bed and I would ah. <laughs> get up, get dressed, and get in the back seat of the station wagon and go back to sleep until we got to the destination. Then I woke up again. So uh, I wasn't much good until we actually were ready to launch yeah. and, and head out. So, but yeah, those are special memories. And uh, oh, for that's, sure. you know, that's part of why I still fish today is to kind of, you know, relive what was uh, so special in my childhood. And uh, you know, like my, I have two sons now and they like to fish. They don't like to fish near as much as me, which mm -hmm. is understandable, especially yeah. at their age, <laughs> yeah. but they will go with me. And, uh, you know, they, they're starting to like it more and more, I think as time goes on. So, uh, you know, I think it's a great sport to do as a family. Yeah. So for sure. Definitely. And what, what, uh, how long have you been fishing out of a kayak? Well, out of a kayak, it's kind of a funny story. So I have a, a, a good buddy, his name's Lamar, and he had a boat and a couple kayaks. And he talked me into going with him, Clapboard Creek, you know, right off Hexer Drive. He talked mm -hmm. me into going kayak fishing. I used his son's kayak and uh, we went out and we did really well. And uh, I enjoyed it. You know, we were using, I think, jig and paddle tails primarily back then. Um, and I guess that was probably like six to seven years ago. So not a, not too long ago, actually, uh, but about six or seven years ago, but I was hooked, right, uh, so to speak sure. when, yep. when he, uh, 
took me. I said, this is, this is great. And so I, I was just talking to him a few days ago, as a matter of fact, and I was trying to, to recount how, how long it was before I got my own kayak. And he goes, well, you, you only went with me one time and then you had a, a new kayak the next time we went. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that, that, that speaks volumes right there for, for anybody out there that might be your first time listening and, and you know, thinking about jumping into to kayak fishing. I mean, that, that's, that's it right there. I mean, that just so many things you see on the water that you would never see if you were not in that kayak. Oh yeah. So oh, much yeah. cool stuff. I see all the time. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. So I got that and just trial and error, you know, I, yep. I made a lot of mistakes early on. It was a, my first kayak was a paddle kayak. And, uh, you know, I, at the, I pretty much moved from fishing live bait, either freshwater with shiners Shiner. or saltwater yep. with live shrimp, mud minnows, finger mullet. I've, kind of moved into artificial only over the years. And so I was artificial only when I started with the kayak and it was, it was kind of tough for me picking that paddle up, paddle, put it down, throw. So it was tough trying to do the artificial game out of the kayak, but uh, you know, I, I got better and better. And then I finally pulled the trigger on a pedal kayak. And that, that was a game changer for me fishing artificial 100 yeah. percent of the time the hands uh, free made a oh yeah it was huge it's this huge difference right you, so you'd be surprised like starting out in a, a paddle kayak i started out in a, a in a perception a pescador oh yeah i like know a that 12 one. five the little scooped out little seat your rear end got wet all the time in it and, you know <laughs> i mean but that that thing would move you know and it had a little tank well you know you could put a little crate back there but uh it was yellow. I know I've told this story. I don't know how many times, on, but, but, you know, I was like, man, this thing needs some paint on it. So I like did like a black fade from the front to the middle. And, it, and I used to car top and every, all my buddies at work, be like, man, what you doing? Rolling up with that bruised banana on top of the car. <laughs> so oh. It was, it was the bruised banana. So I was dubbed <laughs> the bruised banana. And yeah. You know, bananas that, that little, and fishing don't go well. I know they don't, but dude, I used <laughs> to put the smack down out of that kayak. I, we, we, we get some really cool, like, um, wintertime, like, as long as we don't get a lot of rain and get a lot of release of the water out of some reservoirs, some of our rivers on the upper end of our base systems turn on like crazy for, for trout in the wintertime. You just get holed up. And this one river gets real popular, and there'll be, there'll be 75 boats launching out this one ramp. And here I am dragging up, paddling with a kayak with a stringer full of trout and three redfish and, like, four flounder. And they're like, oh, my God, boy. You caught them off that there kayak. Yeah, sure did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you know, you know, <laughs> you sneak up on them. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things. Like I said, you, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in that kayak. You would never, <laughs> never would have saw it in a boat. <laughs> and yeah, I think the that's one of my main reasons that I like fishing out of kayaks is the stealth factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I still fish out of buddy's boats all the time yeah. and, you know, I can fish a dock twice as thoroughly as, as we can out of a boat. Oh yeah. It's, it's just a fact. You can just fish it better. You can sneak up on them. There's mm-hmm. lots of advantages 
a whole bunch. I mean, we could go on and on talking about that. Um, but yeah, just you know, starting out a paddle kayak. I mean, there's 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 so many ways you you learn to grab that paddle with your in between your elbow and your lat and like paddle while you're fighting a fish, <laughs> like you know, all kind of good stuff, you know. But uh, you know, to have that uh option now with the pedal drives and the motors with the foot control steering and all that good stuff is just advancements in technology. It's just another tool for the trade, you know. You get people, you know, some people give a lot of flack for those motors. It's not a kayak anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm a kayak angler, not a kayak paddler. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I see it. I do paddle my kayak a lot in the back march. But, you know, if I got something to to extend my range and to make it easier on me, I'm going to take advantage of it for sure. So when you when you ended up getting in that kayak there, you know, you ended up uh that that increases you know you have more areas you can go to now instead of instead of waiting on a buddy to invite you to fish and all that now you could you could branch out on your own and everything and just you know that it's a pretty diverse fishery over there just like you said you, we we were talking before the show you got you know you got uh reefs you got docks and piers you got bulkheads you got a lot of tidal influence you know some flats further south some different stuff you can fish so talk about the fishery down there um you know since you started kayak fishing over the years what have you seen change or evolve you know fish numbers quality of fish and then kind of go in on that kind of versus the more pressure and all that kind of stuff because i noticed that you know just like florida is now in georgia too they're starting to come around and be a little more conservation minded and kind of look at their limits again right so i was just from your perspective what have what have you seen in the fishery there that is it well over the uh, few, you know dustin few as you know as the state the population's grown then that's just going to translate into more fishermen yep. and you, you see it on the water you know even the just the pandemic itself yeah. i've never seen so many new boats new kayaks on the water, you know, True. people don't know what they're doing either, but that's another topic, but that's a whole nother um, story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the pressure's definitely, uh, definitely more pressure greater. So, you know, up in my area, the flounder is, is one of the more noticeable, uh, fish that has been in decline. And so yeah. we have a, a, a season now where I think it's uh, mid October to mid November, uh, you can't keep a, a flounder at all. And they also yeah. reduce the limit from five, 10 to five fish and they minimum length is now 14 inches. And, uh, I, I think it's going to make a big difference. Oh um, yeah. Just, just those different regulations uh, it, alone. It will. They, they had changed hours to where you couldn't gig for, uh, for a, like a month and a half in like, november to the middle of december um but last year we actually you couldn't keep them period you couldn't even on a conventional tackle you couldn't keep them and then they they dropped the limit to you know it's still five but they they increased the the size limit to 16. uh-huh so they they've made some changes but i've oh, i've caught a lot of a lot of flounder this year and believe it or not i'm catching a lot of them on a high strike chatterbait I believe it. 
Uh, that's a great bait for the reds and the flounder. Oh, yeah. You slow know, rolling vibration. it on the bottom, that vibration. They come on up mm -hmm. and crush it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, there's not a whole know, shell around. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive uh, lure to lose, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, and the reds, their numbers are, I think, a more gradually decline, but it's not the numbers – that we used to have in years mm -hmm. gone by, but they just uh, actually just beginning September 1st, yeah. they changed it for that. There's different regions of the state and in Northeast Florida, uh, the limit is one and it used to be two Yeah, and the size limit still 18 to 27, but it's now one fish. One fish. So that, I think that's going to be a, a good move in the long run as well. Do do they have tags in Florida to to keep an oversized, or or they do not? No, no, no See, oversized. We have we have all. we can keep a, we have one tag on our license, and you can have you know your three that are twenty to twenty eight. But if you tag one, that could be your fourth fish, and it can be okay. over twenty eight inches. And then you could submit to get another tag, and you can have two of those tags a year. Um, I see. But I know I know after our freeze, you know, a couple years ago in February. Um, you know, the trout population, definitely, definitely. You could see some changes, especially in certain areas. But uh, if you look back and you look at all the uh, the cleaning table pictures and the, the guides with their stringer hero shots and everything, dude, the redfish were getting hammered. Oh, yeah. You know. Well, I, I, the organization released over 20. Yeah, you probably heard Dave that. Flat. I've had Dave on the on the show before. Yep, good okay. stuff. Well, yep. we've talked about the fact that really the bass fishermen were well, the largemouth bass fishermen were well ahead of well saltwater yep. guys as far as conservation mm, tournaments and, that, and everything. You know that yep. started. Yeah, it started though so many years ago. But you know, if you remember, bass in the beginning they were not doing that. And so right. these tournament pros would have these giant stringers of dead fish Yeah, and they had a bad image. And so that's all right, we got to change this. So my dad and brother and I, we kind of followed suit with them and we used to eat largemouth all the time. And we pretty much just quit. We let everything go. Yeah. And it we, was, we, we used to be the same way. We'd keep some and fry them up, you know, back in the day, but there's better fish out there. <laughs> yeah, but we just followed suit, and then and then it, it was like, what do you mean? We never keep keep a largemouth. So now, I think people are starting to realize that in the saltwater uh, side of things, the inshore, and Dave and release over twenty, I think, is making a huge impact. Yeah, you know, on the the trout and the flounder and the sheephead, uh, are really the three that he concentrates and 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 really promotes that those three get let go and for obvious reasons you know those are the the big breeders the ones that have yeah. the, the the good genes so uh, i think it it's it, we're turning the ship it's a it's a takes a while to turn it a, big a little ship arm like twisting that. you know because there, there's uh -huh. a lot of a lot of tournaments here you know you 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 know you get the the kill tournaments where you just bring them in weigh them but then you know a lot of the professional so you know, called tournaments is it's a it's a live way in on on your your redfish and even there's some trout some of, some of the trout events 
Um, we're live way in, bring them in live. You know, if not, you could have pound deduction and this and that. But you know, the Saltwater Legends did a did some events this year where they would uh kind of like the uh MLF does with the way with a scale and they have to video it and they submit uh-huh. it and it gets submitted with that weight tear to zeroed out and then they weigh the fish and it gets submitted and that's how they were submitting their trout this year catching release and that that was pretty cool that's chad Pederick that did that with that saltwater legends that was, that was a pretty cool to see that especially after the freeze you know the trout got hit pretty, right pretty that's hard. a great idea yeah. but you know the cpr side of thing it's like you know the, as a kayak bass angler you know we were i, I was I was versed in that already, you know, to, you know, your five fish, you measure them, you let them go. But you try to run a CPR event for saltwater, and it's like, man, it's like getting a brain freeze. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do what? <laughs> you want to do what? Sometimes, you know, and there, there's been some. Uh, we 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 have one coming up. We have a, a mixed species, a multi-species event coming up. You, we get the fish for redfish on the first day. So best three redfish, 18 to 32 inches is the slot. Um, get a fish for eight hours and then you submit your three fish. Then you catch, you go and fish on Lake Bass Drop the next day. You catch your five bass, minimum 12, and then your aggregate total of both species is your winner, you know, the top three. So it's gonna be pretty cool yeah, stuff like sounds- that. But you gotta like, man, oh, it's CPR. I don't want to do CPR. You know, we have the KBF redfish series that, that, that turned into kayak saltwater series, which. And you had some issues with people putting stuff under the fish to raise them up. And it made them like if you had a 28 and a half, a 28 and a quarter inch fish. You could put a a sponge or something underneath it to raise it and it would get it under 28. Shorten you know, it. Or yeah. t- under 27 is what it was. 26, 7, 5 was your biggest fish. But yeah, there was some, there was some of that going on and this and that. And it's like you, you know, man, if you got a cheap to win like a couple hundred bucks, that's some, that's asinine. Yeah. That's pitiful, right? <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Oh man, yeah, we can we could dive in that wormhole for a while. Oh, I know. <laughs> but yeah, but back to the where we started there about the fishery there in Northeast Florida and all that. Um, it is good to see you know some conservation minded, you know, out out outlook and, and input coming into play in, in the fishery. That's a good thing everywhere. Yeah, I would say our Northeast Florida fishery is pretty healthy. You know, there's other parts of the state that have some, you know, red tide issues. Real issues. Yeah, bigger issues. Serious. Yeah, Indian River, you know, with problems they've had over the years. We, you know, knock on wood, we've had a pretty healthy fishery. We have a algae bloom in the river uh, almost every year. We actually haven't really had a serious. Yes, uh, St. John's River. Uh, we haven't really had it uh, this year, and we're probably almost past uh, the time where it's going to, you know, we're going to turn the corner with cooler weather, and that'll dissipate yeah. any chance. So, um, but well, yeah, it's St. John's. Fun fact: it's the only river in the United States that flows from south to north. Exactly. <laughs> I think the the only other major river in the world is in the, the world. Amazon. Amazon. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Fun tidbit right there. Exactly. So yeah, the St. John's River, um, I'm I'm fishing it more. I I'm really close to uh 
a boat launch into the St. John's River. And during the pandemic, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but uh, working from home during the pandemic, I would get up and get out there before daylight, fish from like 6.15 to 8.15, and I could be home in front of my computer by 8.30. And she's, oh, right she's like, She's like, what do you think you're doing? But I, you know, I could Fishing. catch fish. Oh, I yeah. could catch fish and uh, be back and, and at work. I may not smell so good, but I'll be back at front of my uh, oh, I've done that. computer. I've, I've gotten on the water at, at leave the house at one, get on the water at about 10 till two and fish till four and then go, then go to work. <laughs> Luckily <laughs> we got like a locker room and showers, like shower rinse off or whatever. But yeah, if I was in like a month long or something, trying to upgrade some fish, you know, I'd, I'd do that. If the, if the bite window and the, the salooner periods lined up or something, and it was just going to be awesome. Or if it's just the, the right conditions and I know them big trout are going to be set up. Oh, I'm, I'll, I'll sacrifice some sleep real quick. <laughs> oh yeah. You catch for up sure. with sleep later. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll catch up with that for sure. So yeah. I think speaking of trout. Yeah. Um, you want to recount some of your, uh, some of your most, uh, your, prized moments there your most uh, memorable uh, yeah catches. you yeah, got some sure. pretty good ones on on file yeah. and that on mine <laughs> yeah i've been blessed i've caught two over 30 um oh, yeah. and the first one was definitely the most special um the first one i caught on the 17 mr uh that's the mirror mirror dean the mm -hmm. mirror lure mirror dean and then the second one i caught on the double d texas custom lures double d and it was the Nashio? truth color. Oh, the truth. The truth color. You know, Chris yes, Bush's sir. color. Oh, yeah. And um, so that was that was neat. But I I have to say one of the besides those two, probably one of the most special moments was seeing my youngest son catch a 30 inch trout with me. And he, he caught oh, that yeah. one. I think it was about two years ago. And listen to this. The funny thing about this is he has probably caught before that one maybe a half a dozen trout in his life oh and wow. so i give him a hard i gave him a hard time then and i still do occasionally that when he caught it and i came over to his kayak and i and i measured it we took a picture let it go i said you just caught a once in a lifetime fish and he, no reaction he's like okay well that that's okay. that's great you know and i said no <laughs> connor no 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 let me let me tell you again what you just yeah. caught yeah and uh, a unicorn in the water <laughs> right right but he's uh we, we'd still joke about that that yeah oh man that's super cool what did he catch that one on that was a 17 mr as well 17 mr uh, what pattern on that one his was a trout remember? pattern the trout yep yep mm -hmm. Which you can't go wrong with the trout pattern. Can't go wrong with a baby trout pattern. Nope. Cannibalistic yeah, that, and opportunistic is the speckled trouts. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those were the ones that come to mind. Um, you know, the I, I, there's a couple catches in tournaments that are special, but as far yeah. as outside of tournaments, though, those are the ones that well, uh, feed it, come feed to mind. into some of those. What 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 do you got on that side? You know, we, we so, are going to get into the tournament talk anyways. We'll just feed on into it. <laughs> all right. All right. Sounds good. I guess on the tournament side, um, we have a 
we have about a half a dozen in-person kayak fishing tournaments um, every year. We've, mm-hmm. we've had probably a few more at, at other times, but it's pretty much averaging a uh, half a dozen uh, kayak tournaments. Either they're solely kayak tournaments or there's, there are one or two that have a kayak division and a boat division. Yeah. And uh, the premier trout tournament put on by Craig Van Brocklin is a boat and a, a kayak tournament strictly for speckled trout. And he does it where on the boat side, it's the three fish aggregate. And that's by weight since they're bringing in the fish, uh, you know, to a lot a weigh in site. And they, they do let the fish go after uh, yep. their weight. But for the kayakers, it's a CPR catch pitcher release oh, cool. uh, aspect. And it's just largest or longest trout period. One category, no aggregate, just one category. Just one fish. It's one, one fish. fish. And I've wow. been really uh, blessed to have won that the last two years in a row. And uh, the I, I got third in it about four years ago. And, um, and but the last two years I've won it. The uh, what time of one, year is that one? Is that one in the like April May? Or, well, or? funny you ask. He's he's moved it around a couple times. Okay. He's actually he's skipping this year to move it again. At the last. Last year it was October, I believe, but mm-hmm. this year he's going to move it to May. So he's skipping 2022 and it'll be in 2023. All right. I'm going to put that um, on the calendar. Yeah. Come on over. Keep, keep me in check on that. I think I'm okay. going to do that. Yeah. It's a, it's fun. And it's, you might have a shadow. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I get a no, couple dude. shadows. Done. Oh, I'm, I'm sure but, everybody's uh, like, where's, where's Sandy's launching? At? Oh. But that's all right. We, we we all it's a good uh the, the camaraderie of guys what, yeah. that we have mm-hmm. it really is yep. um but getting back to that tournament so it it benefits heroes on the water so great oh uh, cool yep great cause beneficiary yep. that we raise money for and uh with that tournament so the one two years ago uh i where i launched was probably a dozen of us lined up and you know this some tournaments they it's lines in the water at a certain time which means that you can take off and you know get set up on your spot get set up and this one though was uh launch and leave at a a set time so it was you know the indy 500 takeoff but anyway so that was kind of discouraging but i uh I, i did hit one of my spots that i had luck with and uh, the old 17 MR did the trick and it wasn't any, uh, special, you know, difficult fight or anything. It was textbook, but, uh, I think that one was, uh, let's see, that was 26 and a half, uh, that year, I believe, and got first place in that. And then this past year had it again, he, he switched it up last year though. And it was, um, you could launch anytime, but lines in the water were at a set time. Mm-hmm. So I got to my spot that I'd had the most recent uh, success in. And I ended up catching uh, two really good ones. Um, one 25 and three quarters and one, I think it was the 26 and a half that year. 
and I won with that uh, one that I, I caught that one on the Spook Junior Bone oh, yeah. colored, and I caught the uh, the second one on the 17MR, and the second w- would have been second place had Craig allowed one person to win first and second. But right for sure. Anyway, um, dang. So that's that was really cool right that was an awesome day. So that was a, that was a good memory. Uh, yeah, for sure. That one's etched in the mind, pretty good right there. Oh I can yeah, imagine. And, and you you talk a lot, you know, because I did want to talk baits also, but uh, seems like that seventeen MR, you know, you're pretty confident with that in your hand, huh? I am, and uh, I I wasn't, you know, forever. It I had some other guys really encourage me to stick with it because. Coming, especially from the bass world, largemouth bass is like, what is this suspending bait? I mean, you throw it in and it hardly does a thing. I, I'm I'm used to, you know, rattle traps and yeah. lip baits, you know, lip jerk baits. So what what in the world is this? But I, they told me what to do and I stuck with it and started catching fish. And it's oh, it's yeah. really probably about my favorite go to lure. Uh, you know, if it's deep water, obviously I'm not yeah. going to fish it, but in most of the water that I fish, it's my go-to yeah. uh, year round. That and the you soft have to... and the, and the, uh, the double D, uh, I'm the double D people are like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? Well, what aren't you supposed to do with it? Just burn it, reel it in, make like two, three cranks and then pause it. Two cranks, pause, one crank, pause, twitch, twitch, pause, twitch, twitch, bam. And, and you know where it does work really well? That 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 pistachio one and the white uh-huh. one over submergent hydrilla for bass. Oh, there you go. I'll have to give that a try. Hammer that thing. Awesome. I'll, Especially I'll the big that. one, the XL, the big, big one. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They will come up and crank it. Yeah. I'll give that a shot. It's now pretty that, cool. They about ripped the rod out of your hand just like a trout does, too, when they hit it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that... Well, that's one of the neat things. I'm getting a little bit off track, but with the advent of social media and what mm-hmm. you're doing with podcasts, so Chris Bush and the Speckled Truth, I would have never known about a double D in, in half the things that they talk about because I'm in Florida and you guys are in Texas. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's so cool to be able to compare what you guys do, what we do, and try techniques that work in your estuaries, try them yes. over in my area. And yeah. uh, I just, you know, I, I buy lures all the time online from, uh, you've got the Waterloo hat Waterloo. on. I buy yep. lures from Waterloo. I buy. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad Johnny's, you're supporting that shop. Johnny's, they support uh, me. They support shop. the pocket. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All over Good the place. Stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> that, uh, and that's crazy because, you know, Jimmy was, you know, he brought in that the, the Texas custom lures like from the get go when they started doing their custom corkies and they were like, you know, big girls aren't colorblind and they always had them crazy colors. And I, you know, and I was always the first boom, I was always in there, Jimmy, what you got, what you got, what you got. And then I was like one of the, you know, like as a kayak guy, you know, being hooked up with Waterloo is, you know, I've always been, been good with Jimmy cause he knows I'm going to put them rods through some work. Cause you know, the way you fight redfish and trout, you know, you got to go around the bow and they get behind you and you're, I put them rods in some crazy positions and if I can't <laughs> break them, they're going to hold up. But, uh, when we, we got them double D's in and I was like, man, the first time I threw them, I was like, Oh man, this baits, this baits magical. 
especially for, for over the potholes, over the flats for redfish also. And, and you know, you, you get them sometimes the redfish are just, they'll chase a bait and then you'll, you'll see them turn away at the kayak. You're like, well, what? but you know, with that double D, you can just burn it and then you just pause it. And then they, they don't know what to think. They're like, ah, bam, you know, and they just smack the fool out of it. Yeah. But yeah, I've, oh man, I love, I love throwing those, especially over some, you know, shell, you know, two and a half foot, three foot deep, little transition edges, you know, mud, shell. Mm. I, I like them. It seems like when the Spook Jr. or the Skitter Walks, the skitter v those those are my go-to uh walk the dog top waters when they short strike or they're just, just thumping rolling it, just flicking them, it out of the water flick 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 yeah i'll move to the double d oh, yeah. and they'll they'll demolish it they'll straight kill it oh yeah mm-hmm. they love them things love them yeah I, that's a that baits eye on my confidence list for sure once i got you know, got it dialed in and everything, just like the wake bait for redfish. I, I'll throw that thing all day if I can. Yeah, I need to use those more. I, I those little, those little dabbled with juniors, them. man. Shell over shell pads, man. It's whew, been on. It's been on on them things. That gold one. I, I haven't said too much. What? Don't no nobody listen to what I say. <laughs> <laughs> No, I post all the time about them things, man. Them things, they money. But you know, if they're gonna eat top water, though, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw. Yeah, it. it's a lot I'm of gonna, fun. I'm gonna throw that 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 holographic bone one knocker. I can't get enough of that one. I like the tone on those. I've I've drawn a lot of big trout up with that bait. The the one knocker, just that deeper tone and everything. And then sometimes, if you want to make them mad, you know that she dog. Of, little little higher pitch and stuff you know depends on what yeah. the fish want you know sometimes they want the junior sometimes they want the one knocker sometimes they want the she dog or sometimes they want a jerk bait i mean it's just oh it can get crazy sometimes you know just like chris just had you know mike herman on from donkey bay swim baits you know uh you know they kind of letting the cat out of the bag with all the, the the glide bait for the trout which you know being a bass fisherman throwing big swim baits it was you know been part of the game you know? mm-hmm. and you know they're 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 talking about you know the glide baits for the trout and everything i'm like man y'all need to be quiet with that <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> but no it, it's it's definitely a black hole you can get lost in for sure oh yeah and you can oh, spend yeah. some money on some of the the nicer ones for sure <laughs> you sure can but yeah mirror lures Texas custom lures, you know, all the corkies and all that kind of stuff there for, for the time of year. You can't, you can't beat any of them. Not at all. Not at all. All right. But the, Anything else you, you want well, to add as far as the baits go? Well, I was going to mention before we left the tournament uh, topic. Yeah. There's a really cool tournament that we have here. Uh, it's, it's called the inshore extreme challenge and it's, it's like no other tournament we have. It, I've never heard of anything like it even. Um, but Tony Hart and his wife put it on. And it's one category. And it's illegal slam trout red flounder aggregate length of all three in those legal, uh, in the legal regulations for yeah. each one. Huh. And so up until the flounder regulation, 
change. You know, it was recently 10 flounder, 12-inch oh. minimum. And then you had the red, two two reds two up reds. to 28. And then five trout with one over 19 you could count. And so think about it. One category, he had a 6 p.m. cutoff or uh, weigh-in deadline. So it was, you know, longer than most. Day. Yeah, 12 hours so, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So your strategy, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to hope I get boom 10 flounder and uh-huh. then move on? Or am I going to go for an early morning trout bite, trout bite, bite yep. mm-hmm. and then move to, and a lot of people, including myself, we would move, pick up and move from one body of water to another, which oh, yeah. is per- perfectly legal. Right. And, uh, that's to me, that's the most fun, uh, one we have because of the extra, challenge uh that's that's involved in it and uh just it, just the strategy and what you're going to do when, when do you decide to pick up do you try to upgrade that next trout or you, is it time to move on and go yeah. to flounder so it, it, it that a lot of the mindset and and all that comes into play on those it's like you don't want to second guess yourself or you, you maybe you didn't get that third or fourth or fifth trout and you're like second guessing yourself man i should have moved and see that's when it all comes into that the mind games you oh know? yeah <laughs> for sure yeah what well, um did that spin off a, or no there was a there was a giant tournament they used to have there years back what was the something, something yeah that that was the jack's kayak classic, classic. Yep. and that was right after i got into kayak fishing that um well i'll say that that was the first tournament that i entered and the that was 2015 so right after i've i've you know tried kayak fishing and then i bought my new kayak then i entered the tournament with my buddies that uh that were already doing it for years and uh i didn't i'll tell you what you know you, you say people say that we learn the most from you know the hard times well i quit at about 10 30 that morning the wind was blowing i don't know like 20 miles an hour you know typical tournament day i oh, quit yeah. and I, <laughs> I called my brother on the way home and he said what are you doing i said i'm, I'm going home and and I, from that moment on it was like okay you're never going to do that again mm-hmm. and uh it's still the I, last minute <laughs> yeah so i i learned a lot about myself from that tournament and you know i said I always think of, uh, you know, I'm a Gator fan. So I always think of, uh, well, Tim Tebow's my, you know, big favorite Gator. Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't know if you remember his old miss speech after they lost to old miss in 2008. And he, uh, they were hoping to win out that year and they lost old miss the Gators did. And he had a speech and he said, you will never see anyone work harder than me and, and I'll, our team will, will work harder than anybody. And I, I that's kind of what I said to myself in the tournament uh, fishing. I said, I'm going to, I may not be the best, but no one's going to work harder than me from this point on. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that I'm not the best fisherman around, but I go all out on the water, you know, oh, yeah. I, I hardly take a, a stop a break. To, Take a, yeah, I take eat a on the run. Eat. I eat while I'm fishing. The, <laughs> yeah, that's what I. How how do I put it? It's you will not catch a hundred percent of the fish without that lure in the water. You know, it's like 
the yeah, more time that baits in that water, there's the more chance you got to land the right fish. You know exactly. I mean, I I'd like to know how many times a day I throw. I, I bet yeah. you it's close to a thousand. Oh, I don't I, know. it's probably over a thousand. <laughs> it's maybe, maybe burning so. burning a spoon on flats or burning a wake bait back. And I mean, there's a lot of times I'll take particular areas and I'll and I'll just throw to one little ambush point and I'll work that top water about you know, 10, 15 foot, and then I'll burn it in. I'll run it on an eight, three to one Daiwa coastal, you know, SV, you know, TW one fifty. So I'll burn it on in and then throw back in, you know, and sometimes I work it all the way back, depending if I see a weight coming or something, you know, there's different things here and there, but I'm, I'm good with sight casting and picking up on, you know, nervous water and, and mm-hmm. redfish blowing up and all that. But I'm not one to just to sit idle. I'm, I'm gonna be blind casting because you never know that freaking nine pound slot could you could have passed right by it without knowing it was there. Yeah, yeah too I'm, many I'm times. You. I don't stop throwing. Nope, nope. <laughs> Same. I will keep at it, grind till the last minute. Always. Uh-huh. Don't give up. There's some of that hard headed Marine Corps coming out of me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do not quit. All right. So, so let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, you're, you're there in Northeast Florida, St. John's, just like we were talking about, there's all those lakes over there that feed off of that river system. Um, transitioning back to freshwater after being on saltwater, is there anything you can add, um, to somebody, you know, new out there that might, you know, either or jump transition from fresh to salt or salt to fresh back and forth, you know? some kind of baits that are similar or something that you can use on each one. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of dive into that real quick. Sure. If, if you're already doing artificial, like in bass fishing, you're going to have no problem moving over, you know, your, uh, hard plastic jerk baits, they're going to transition perfectly spinner baits, you know, uh, they're going to catch the reds, the flounder, uh, just the same, um, so yeah, you're, you're going to have no problem using the same lures. Yep. The walking baits, the top water, the poppers, a pop yeah, water, the, oh, yeah. straight so every, hammer, the redfish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there's, I, I go back and forth fresh to salt almost on a weekly basis. Yep. And sometimes I don't even retie and, and catch the fish on the same spook junior that i caught yeah. the trout oh, yeah. on i catch the bass on you know and you'd be surprised in bass to hit that old white with a red head <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> he'll still eat it <laughs> so yeah. yeah that's 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 i think the preparation of uh or the upbringing of being a bass fisherman uh gave me a maybe a leg up had yep. I not been doing that to transition to salt water, yep. uh, definitely. Same here. Cause it was me that was, you know, I was the one to experiment even at a young age with my granddad, my uncles and all them on the water is that, you know, I have that old that Daiwa mag force, old pistol grip lightning rod out there throwing a, a, a crankbait, catching yep. trout on a fire tiger crankbait. Uh-huh. And that old man stingray grub on a big old red jig head, you know, white with a red tail. What kind of action did that thing have? That old beaver tail looking thing. Who <laughs> knows what, but it caught fish. You know, it flat uh-huh. out caught fish. That old chartreuse glitter one. I used to wear them out on that thing. But the old, um, 
the Bagley's, the Bangalore's. There's a gold and one with black stripes. Dude, the redfish would kill that thing up there in Georgia. <laughs> I don't know what it was about that one, but they they sure ate that old old you know floating balsa jerk bait. You know, just kind of twitch. You just twitch twitch on the top. It just kind of darted uh -huh. around on the top. It didn't really dive too far. Um, man, I'd like to get my hands on some of them old school Bangalore's, man. Them things yeah, you're going way back. <laughs> <laughs> things were money. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, redfish, they, you know, they have some bad, they have some tendencies like bass, you know, they, they, they like to go crazy and blow up on top water and all that good stuff. But yeah, they'll, uh, they'll eat frogs in the, in the marsh too. They'll go come up yeah, on frogs when you can't put nothing else in front of them. Flukes, double fluke, donkey rigs on the flats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same, <laughs> same stuff up. that works for bass. That's right. Oh, yeah. Chatter baits, just like I was talking about. Them little eye strike chatter baits with just the jig head and the blade. Put your little paddle tail or a little shrimp imitation on there. They'll straight hammer them. Extra vibration for when the water's dirty. Yep. Good stuff. How is it down there, uh, up there in uh, Jacksonville? I know our, our water up there where I grew up is little more marsh more like mud marsh you know a little dirtier a little more stained um y'all have some areas that, that stay pretty clean right uh i wouldn't say clean not super clean not texas yeah. flat so. <laughs> and there's there's some dredging happening out okay um towards the mayport area as well yeah so that can create some extra uh visibility issues but right yeah, and y'all have bigger tide, way bigger tide swings than we have over here too. That's true. Yeah, that, we've that got, can there can be a feat in itself right there figuring out where to launch and crawl through the mud and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and a kayak, yeah, you can you can definitely uh you gotta be careful. You gotta watch where, where you're going and watch the tides. Watch the tides. I haven't yep. been stuck in the mud yet, but I know most everybody <laughs> that I know they have. So got to be careful with that well that's the cool thing you know what's coming back yeah <laughs> most of the time you get four times a day there and they're swing 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 you know it moves pretty good y'all get some pretty good current over there too for sure yeah there is and that's that's a you know you can go from you can a lot of guys fish downtown uh downtown jacksonville has good big speckled trout fishing and wow. uh you've got some real current moving through yeah that area yeah. And, uh, it's, and in the industrial yeah. in the wintertime, I bet that can get good at deeper water on that structure. Yeah. yeah. You just, Ooh. you have to know what you're doing. It's not yeah. uh, recommended maybe for a kayak. Maybe it's, uh, right. you know, good boat place. Good boat but, place. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's good fishing. Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to roll into this uh, kind of towards the end of these podcasts. I like to do a pick three. Where we, you know, you get three setups to take, uh, target a specific species, and you, you know, rod, reel, line, uh, lure, what's tied on, what you're throwing. Okay. So I know you like the trout, but I was going to throw you a loop and then we're going to go with redfish on this one. So pick three. What you All gonna right. have? Uh, well, I'll start with top water. Yeah, even for reds, it's yep. top water. So Spook Jr., Skitter V, Skitter Walk. after your bait when you see that wake coming at them maybe they miss once or twice you know with their mouth on the bottom yeah uh, and they keep coming and and they're 
your lure's getting closer and closer to your kayak. And you're going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please get those hooks. <laughs> yeah, please eat it. Please eat so it. So <laughs> I would say top water. Then um, probably after that, I would. What are you going to throw it on? Are you going to throw it on a bait casting reel? Or did you throw spinning reels? Uh, both. both. Um, I would probably. I do um, top water. A, a, a heavier top water I'll throw on a uh, Falcon Coastal with uh, a loose speed spool inshore primarily. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's probably what I would use. Maybe 10 pound braid, 15 pound fluorocarbon leader. Okay. Uh, I try to go as light on the line as I can under the conditions wherever I am. Yeah. Um, Longer cast too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So try to go that route. Um, probably after that, I would go with the spinner bait. We talked about that, like a yep. redfish magic. Uh-huh. Um, I like to put a scented uh, tail on, like a gulp sw- swimming mullet. Yes. Um, I like to make sure there's some scent. So give me a, a good chance of a flounder in addition oh, to the reds. Sure. Yeah, scent and flash and vibration. Yep. Exactly. And then maybe the last would be just uh, your standard jig, like an eye strike jig with a uh, paddle tail, or there again with that gulp swimming mullet, mm-hmm. or we uh, fish bites is here made here in St. Augustine. They uh, have a similar product that uh, has really good scent that the reds yeah. and the flounder like. I've heard heard those are those do pretty well scent wise too. It's pretty uh-huh. cool. But uh, yeah, right. on the spinning side, I I try to go light. I I don't use anything higher. Uh, I like the uh, dial of Fuego, uh-huh. and I twenty five hundred is the biggest real size I use. Twenty five and a thousand, and yeah. usually uh, eight and ten pound braid. Um, you know, I rarely go higher than that unless I really have to. So. Yeah, you can throw those lighter, uh, you know, sixteenth ounce jig heads or those little savage or chase baits those little crusty crabs i was talking about those with somebody um those sheephead really like those you know and they're they're those, those you know five six seven pound sheephead on a 1000 series reel is pretty dang fun oh yeah <laughs> and they're that'll, good table fare too a, it's another yeah. another fish you can add you know to the uh to the table a pretty white delicate sweet meat on them man it, whew, they cook up real nice they are good no doubt they are all right, well, we're going to roll into this. We do the pick three, and then we also do the quick five. It's just a yes or no, maybe so, just one or the other. Bucks or jags? Jags. Redfish uh, or trout? Uh, st- stick with them. <laughs> stick with them. Redfish or trout? <laughs> trout. All right. Shell or structure? Pierce. Structure. Okay. Gators or bulldog? Oh, I guess you already know that answer now. <laughs> we know that one. Gators. All right. And then here's one for you. A sloppy Joe or a hot dog? Ooh. I'll say hot dog. Okay, cool. I'd have to go one sloppy Joe on that one myself, though. <laughs> that, that's, that's a hard decision there. That's a pretty tough one, especially. Well, how about a hot dog with the sloppy Joe meat on it? That actually there you go. You That'd be pretty good, right there. That's a good compromise. Cheddar. That that I think I could do that one. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty dang good. Oh I yeah, I, to, I think I might have to try that next time I have some leftover sloppy joes. 
that could be yeah. pretty cool. That sounds good to me. <laughs> you know, because we're we're big on uh, you know, a slaw slaw dogs up there. You know, we have that uh place in in Brunswick called Willie's Weenie Wagon. If you're ever up that way, <laughs> okay, stop on in there because they will relish your bun. That's what it says on their hats. But they got a pork they got a pork chop sandwich there. That is money. That sounds good. And go there and then go to St. Simon's and go visit my buddy Griffin at uh, Southern Soul Barbecue. And then uh, Frosty's Grill hungry. and Shake, too. Frosty's Grill and Shake. Used to be the old Tasty Freeze, and it was at Dairy Queen. It's down from the pier in the village there. Uh, they got a lot of cool little burgers and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, St. Simon's, man, it just got so many restaurants. You know, this little tourist, tourist trap. A lot of condos, a lot of houses, a lot of money over there. Uh, a lot of restaurants. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool good. area but y'all y'all got some good stuff over there too in jack's beach you know jack's beach kind of did some they got oh, some yeah. stuff you know taco lou and angie uh, subs and they uh, yeah. they sponsor a lot of our tournaments that's cool that's awesome to have a sub sponsor you get, you get fed and stuff too at the end yeah. of the tournament Man, well, let me nice. mention real quick um yeah, I was gonna say any any shout outs or, or, or thank yeah. yous or, or 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 don't fish my spots or whatever. No, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, take the mic, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Flounder Pounder is a, a annual annual tournament we have put on by a good friend of mine, Chip Davis, and uh, it's to benefit Jacksonville School for Autism coming up next month. And uh, this this is thirteenth, like I mentioned, and he's on track to raise a total now of a million dollars for the school Ooh. so he, Man, he puts awesome. heart and soul into that tournament and uh lots of uh lots of fun I, I typically fish it every year with some uh with a friend of mine that has a nice boat and uh so wanted to, and let me give a shout out to my lord and savior jesus christ yes sir Amen. and also uh my wife who puts up with all my fishing and shenanigans so uh and my and my kids that that put up with me too so yeah i love love them all (laughs) oh yeah no doubt man well dude i mean it was great to catch up with you and actually talk to you via stream um you know we've been following each other on social media and stuff and you know i'm always a a fan of somebody else out there grinding and chasing them big trout too so you know uh man one of these days i'm gonna have to get over there well you're welcome uh, a couple of other guys i've had uh couple other guys from over there on already a couple of them duval guys johnny carr and and oh yeah rashad and all them on there so yeah i I said i'm gonna make my way through and then i said you know what i'm gonna ask sandy to come on the show so man i really appreciate you taking the time and uh and and coming on and and chatting with us on chasing tide here man just like everybody else out there you know we wouldn't have this without the listeners and everybody that supports the show uh thanks again to waterloo and trujador co Y'all check us out on all the podcast platforms. Uh, type in Paddle and Finn and look for Chasing the Tide. Uh, we're also on Waypoint on that app, and you can pull us all up, videos, YouTube, whatever. Type in Paddle and Finn, and you'll find it. But, yeah, man, uh, good stuff. I appreciate Thanks, you Dustin. coming on. First-time guest, <laughs> first-time yeah, podcast. You, I appreciate I you, you having pretty, me. Pretty good. Yes, sir. Uh, hang tight there. We're going to roll this outro, and we'll close this down. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. 
be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.